0: Hey everybody, this is the one hour photo podcast by Studio C41 and I'm Bill Manning and we have uh, a very different format that we're going to be following for this particular episode because uh, some interesting news has been uh, happening and I've been kind of wanting to uh, have this discussion and I know this one gentleman has a lot on his mind and a lot to talk about Uh, M with Emulsive. How are you doing, sir?
2: Very well, thank you. Thanks for having me on.
0: Absolutely. And uh we have we're mixing it up a little bit. We also have Paul McKay uh with Analog Wonderland. Um and he is uh also on the line. How are you doing, man? Yep, very well, thank you. Good morning, good morning. Morning. So well, technically good afternoon to M. Uh, good evening, by the way. <laughs> good evening. So uh, we are all around the world, and I'm actually quite impressed. With this uh, audio sounds as good as it is, um, so I'm really – excited to jump in to talk about this. So uh let's let's dive straight into it. Um we're gonna be breaking away from our normal format and I gotten Mike Gutterman's permission to use the round table discussion. Since there wasn't one for the month of November, I figured hey I want to do that. And so he said you have my blessings. So um the topic that I have wanted to talk about um is very interesting because um we have been seeing all the financials coming out. Q3 uh, has wrapped up, so we're getting ready uh, to head into Q4. Uh, Well, actually, we are well into Q4. And um, these financial reports um, show that Kodak is up 21% year over year, which is huge news because it shows as far as in their film division, uh, substantial growth and that it is sustaining. Um, The other interesting side of this is that we are now seeing camera manufacturers like, for example, Nikon, Canon um, are now really starting to tighten the belt because they're and they've been saying this. The writing has been on the wall for a while um, that the that marketing is showing that it's uh, sales are going to be hitting a bit of a slump. Um, and, uh, and now we just received word that Olympus might actually close down their, uh, uh, close down their, uh, photo division. So, uh, gentlemen, I thought you two would be the perfect people to have on to the show because, um, and you have very well connected into the industry and, um, Paul, you are a seller of, I would say you're a crack dealer. I'm just going to go ahead and say that. I mean, I'm not going to sugarcoat this um, and you're enabling everybody to, to purchase film from you. So I thought this would be a great opportunity to kind of have the discussion. So um, I'm going to let uh, let's, I know M has a lot to say about this. So let's just let you have it. Get it out of the way, man. Get it off your chest.
2: <laughs> um, yeah. Oh, that's, that's put me on the spot, hasn't it? Um, <laughs> I, th- I think it's, it's a really interesting situation because the, the death of photography in one way, shape or form, or the death of a particular type of camera or a way of making a photograph is, is, is something. It's, it's just a continual clarion call. It just comes and goes in waves every five years, every 10 years. You know, yeah. The, the, um, smaller, Uh, metal cameras are going to be beating these giant wooden beasts that Mm -hmm. that we have said the wet plate photographers back in you know 1896 or whenever the hell it was Mm -hmm. um and it's, it's just gone through the years and i think the cheap film cameras gave the average western consumer um the ability to take photos where they weren't able to previously and cheap digital cameras um Kind of extended the reach of photography and, and essentially allowed photography uh, photography to be democratized um, to the way it is today, yeah. obviously mobile phones <clears throat> have been a huge a huge um, source of uh, cannibalization i think you can say from the, tr- the the normal the traditional and the consumer dSLR um, industry and it's it's not really a surprise to see. Um, what is it? It's like an industry-wide twenty-two percent downturn, right? Mm-hmm. In, um, in in uh, camera sales from from the big manufacturers. Yeah. So the problem that we've got today with mass market photography is exactly the same problem as as when digital hit and film was killed. The the camera manufacturers themselves have been they're so locked into the idea of reducing time between upgrade cycles that they're just not prepared for for, for change. Yeah. Um, so, you know, previously you can say, well, you know, such and such dudes, like, well, yeah, I bought a Nikon F2 in, in 1972 and I haven't replaced it since. Fine. You're not the one who's pushing the needle on, on, on sales. The professional guys are the ones who are pushing the needle on sales and they're the ones who are being encouraged to go from the F2 to the F3 to, to the F456. And uh, same with, with, with Canon's EOS uh, 1, 3, 5, the uh, H, the N, the VN, whatever. Um, and obviously, reducing upgrade cycles isn't sustainable for a hardware point of view. And you can see that with the iPhone yeah. and, and with, with, with other with other phone um, manufacturers. Now, previously, yeah, you would do a, a yearly upgrade. Now, people are waiting two years, three years, and I count myself um, amongst one of those people. Um, so, so and, uh, there is a little bit more. Um, so. <laughs> The, the way that the camera manufacturers have gone ahead and tried to reduce um the upgrade cycle time <clears throat> is by making their originally traditionally uh, uh, lumbering companies more agile so you cut the fat you outsource the important stuff you make it easy as possible to, to pivot to new technologies and for nikon specifically i'm going to point them out because i'm a nikon fanboy sure they offshore manufacturing they've outsourced component manufacture. manufacture, they don't make their own sensors Um, they're focusing on their software to differentiate them. And essentially all they've done is crippled innovation inside the business. Um, and they're, they're dependent on others. And in this case, it's Sony.
3: Yeah. Um,
2: Nikon are essentially dependent on Sony for. uh, Sensors for the production of their sensors. And funnily enough, it wasn't until August this year that Canon actually, uh, sorry, that Sony sold its share as the largest shareholder of Olympus back to Olympus. Wow. So they, they, I think they originally invested back in 2012. May it may have been sooner than that. Yeah. They cut their investment back in 2015, and now they've completely divested the whole thing. Um, you know, Canon are a little, little bit different because they make their own sensors. Um, so there's a slight differentiation, and Canon ha- have been able to clap back against that 22% decrease. They're down like 15, 16% in comparison. Yeah. Um the question I find my asking, uh, I find myself asking myself is, even as a Nikon fanboy, is, is a world without Nikon the way that company is today really a bad thing? Mm. Um, their, their products are boring. Um, their products are literally just uh, replies or, or anticipated replies to what Canon's doing next. Neither company has really done anything innovative uh, over the last five or 10 years. Oh, wow, I've got mirrorless. Well, every other fucking company is mirrorless. <laughs> um so what what's what's what, what's the point yeah you know, what's wh- wh- why exactly is is nikon still existing today is mm. does it exist today as a company that just makes uh, electronics sells them in which case if they're not offering any value over anyone else then is there really a point to having them um someone like olympus for example uh, are much more diversified than than nikon I mean, in fact, the, 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 the Sony um, collaboration that they had, that kind of financial alliance, mm-hmm. that was, that was uh, created in te- just specifically for the, for the purpose of um, uh, creating collaboration between Sony and Olympus for uh, medical, image, uh, medical yep. imaging devices, microscopes, endoscopes, you know, all of that kind of stuff. So just as we can say within the film industry, Fuji is not a film company. They're just a company that happens to produce film. Sony are not a camera company, they just happen to produce cameras um, and they they leverage their technology to give themselves um, better uh, resistant to market changes for individual vertical markets. Nikon don't. Nikon are like, oh, well, uh, we'll just outsource to Thailand and we'll outsource to China and oh, shit, we fucked up the sensor, or we, we fucked up the lubrication on this particular shutter, uh,
3: mm-hmm.
2: which means that we're now going to have to recall or have a process in place to recall the whatever it was—the D six ten
0: 600, yeah. or six hundred, yes, yeah, yeah. yeah you know,
2: and it's like it's like yeah, Nikon are—they're falling over themselves every single time they're trying to compete, yeah, um, and, and and they're not winning every single mirrorless camera that I see. Big black mirrorless camera that i see when i'm out on the streets taking photos is either a leica um it's either a sony or if it's a if it's a kind of um what's the word here an indeterminate black blob mm-hmm. it's a canon
0: sure you know it, it's interesting um um we we see this giant downfall uh with film or i'm sorry with um digital cameras You're just used to saying
3: that
2: right
0: yeah, yeah no, no kidding um <laughs> But, um, Paul, I mean, you have been seeing uh, some substantial growth, I mean, along from your side. I mean, when we last spoke um, on the podcast, um, you were just starting this thing. And I, I, if I remember correctly, you were saying like this was just like a, a side job, right? This was something that you, you know, strive to, to work toward, you know, leaving the other job. I mean, have you gotten to a point where you can say this is sustainable?
1: Um, not sustainable, but I have left yeah. the other job. So uh... That's fantastic.
0: <laughs> That's huge though.
1: Uh, no, it is you don't, you don't really have a choice, you don't really have a choice do you, Yeah. <laughs> Actually it's gonna go one way or another. Um <laughs> No, I mean the uh, yeah, exactly. I remember talking to you uh, over a year ago, I think it was, when yeah. we just sort of talked about we'd been going a couple of months and we'd we'd started uh selling into the US, being able to ship stuff across, which has been brilliant. And it's been fantastic. I mean it's tough for me to uh, we've been very lucky in, you know right from the start I was very clear that in the UK at least and probably true in, in most other European countries Amazon was the number one online retailer of film and that terrified mm-hmm. because they don't care about the products they sell or the communities they service they care about retail and, and the day that film doesn't make as much margin as some other category they could turn it off overnight and in my day job, I'd seen them do that with some pretty hefty categories.
0: Sure, so, absolutely.
1: So we, you know, we very much focused on that part, unfortunately. Um, that sort of gut feeling that the community would appreciate having more options to buy online than, than Amazon. Um, but from a company that that cares about film has, has sort of proven well. So it has, so, you know, I, I can't complain at all. We've, we've been incredibly lucky. We've grown fast. We've moved warehouse, et cetera, to get more space, uh, hired some people. Um, and, I've, and I've left my day job, I've got sort of six to nine months now to get it to a stage that can sustain at a minimum, but, yeah. but that's a problem for another day. Um, sure. But it's hard, it's hard it, from from looking at my own business, it's tough to see the industry trends. But of course, we still, I still have contact within all of the companies that services and I was saying this to Hamish the other day, actually, it's a, it's a well-timed conversation. But well, actually, if I, before I go into that, like if I take a step back and I react to some of the things that M said, because I don't, sure. I don't have the the, the knowledge that M does of the way that these companies interact. But if I take a look at it from a from a category point of view, mm. I spent ten years before in my in my day job looking at at categories. This this is something that the writing has been on the wall for a couple of years. I remember flipping out a year and a bit ago when I saw that DSLR sales were down forty percent years in a row at a category level mm-hmm. not any one brand and and that sort of made sense with what i was seeing And you know you go to family events or weddings and five 10 years ago every third person had a dslr yeah uh, you know sensor cost had come down electronic cost had come down helped ironically a lot by the mobile phone guys i think but um that interaction that M talked about where there was a lot of companies working with each other that drove very very fast innovation Mm. and suddenly people could take photographs, go and sit at home, upload, edit them. Um, I think you can't separate it from the growth of social media and the fact that people wanted to show off on Facebook and things, photographs. you know We are a much more photograph society than we were 10 years ago, 20 years ago because of that, the democratization that Em talks about. But DSLRs have been dying a death for two or three years um, because of smartphones. Um, Mm -hmm. Whereas 10 years ago, you know, you might have a film camera if you're an analog shooting up a film camera, and then you might have a DSLR or some other professional type digital camera for the moments when your family will want you to return photographs within three months. Right. Um, but uh, today we all have incredible digital cameras in our pocket that by the way you can talk to the internet straight away, that have inbuilt software for editing and automatic exposure that is just unbelievable. Like the live photo yeah. feature on on my iPhone. Like I have a I have a baby. That is a freaking game changer because, you know, it, it chooses a photo, high-res photo from a scale. So that DSLR pressure's been on for a while. What what I think has surprised people, and this is where I don't know whether we as photographers but who aren't bought into the digital, you know, the need for digital to be healthy, we can sort of look at it from the side and comment on it a bit more, a bit less emotionally. People thought mirrorless would save these companies and and as Hem said, mirrorless isn't the new thing. <laughs> like yeah. rate finders are not new. Uh, yeah, the, I know the the sort of the, the technical skill of getting the sense to the point where you can look through the eyepiece, et cetera, et cetera, has, has come on great steps, but this isn't something that is a true game changer. Sure. And then the prices that things were put out at, you know, it it's it's never gonna cope with the fact that you're selling you on year, you're 40% fewer DSLRs because people are using their iPhones and their, and their other smartphones instead.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh, well, and, and, and the fact that they're, they're probably not only not selling that many DSLRs because of iPhones are also not selling that many DSLRs because the upgrade cycle is much longer than we have gotten used to. People yeah. are not upgrading their stuff every single year.
0: Oh, I remember yeah. like Can certain, I remember certain cameras, um, would be that and when I say cameras and saying film cameras, where the upgrade you know for a particular camera would be almost a decade. I mean between the next it's iteration, been seven
2: years. Yeah. more recently it's been seven years for the for the Nikon app, which is which is fine. I mean, yeah, I'm I'm not sure that Nikon. Nikon aren't as diversified as Canon. Canon, obviously, we have the Canon office products, which is still their biggest seller. Yeah. Uh, we have their uh, photographic imaging division, then we have their imaging division. If you look at how Nikon split themselves up, well, it's it's basically compacts, uh, DSLRs, and uh, mirrorless cameras. That's it. And yeah. So it's not, you know, as sad as it is, it's not, it's not going to be that big a loss if Nikon do end up exiting the camera business forever
0: it'll be very sad and i think that there will be i mean the impact that they would have if they left would be significant uh would it still survive but yeah it would be something along the lines where you know some somebody like kodak you know um shutting down and or or you know news of it having hitting its bankruptcy you know that that was a significant blow um but yeah. maybe not as big as, as with nikon i think i kind of agree with you on that m so
2: i mean it's their, their their lens just diving into their um kind of full year uh, uh 2020 projections they're looking at the uh digital camera business so non-compacts they're looking at that um shrinking by about 20 percent the compact digital cameras so like the core cool uh, cameras <clears throat> are going to go down by about a third but they're mm-hmm. they're projecting a smaller drop a smaller percentage drop in their biggest business which is the literally just lenses
3: yeah it really is so
2: yeah so why 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 wouldn't just looking at it from a balance sheet point of view you know you've got the the revenue from digital cameras from both variations um literally they barely meet what their projected figures are just for lenses in twenty twenty. Mm-hmm. So why not just pivot to be a lens company?
0: Yeah. Sure. That's interesting. Is that so bad? That's it <laughs> seems like it's a good formula for Sigma.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Fantastically and and they they managed to innovate with um with smaller niche products. Yep. Um, like the Quattro and and you know the the DPs and all of that kind of stuff. I thought that was it. They had three versions of the of the yeah. second generation Quattro. I think I wanted all three of them. Um, you know, no no, mm. no yeah. um, interchangeable lens, uh, foveon uh, digital uh, sensor on there. The, the results look absolutely amazing. And I still re- I still go back to the uh, Mamiya C three thirty review article from which was done probably about ten. 10, nine years ago where the guy eventually compares the C three thirty to the Lumia seven, and then to one of the Sigma quattro's
3: interesting. Um,
2: And the, even back then, the quality coming out of these quattro's was just fantastic. Yeah. It's a pain in the ass because you've got to stitch everything together afterwards.
3: Um,
2: (laughs) but, but I think focusing on lenses first, um, essentially just, just scratching out their camera business and then coming back to look at it in a, in a different way. Mm -hmm. Um. It may be a healthy thing for for Nikon, as absurd and as
1: unlikely um, as it is.
0: Yeah, Paul, you said you were about you were about to say something.
1: Well, yeah, it, it just build on that cause the no, 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 it's fine. It's um, I, I'm loving listening to you because again, you, your your knowledge of the interactions is incredible. But the I mean, you go back to real business basics and and the way a category can grow, uh, digital cameras. Let's use that. I mean, you think about it, there's only three ways you can ever grow a category, which is by getting more people to buy into it, by getting the people who are already there to come back and upgrade year on year, or by getting them to expand sort of laterally and and adding on extra lenses and things like that. And that's where obviously film did so well for so long, the whole of the 20th century, because people were always going to come back every year. And if you could make films easier for them to use in different situations or Give them a slightly better camera every five years. You you always had that revenue stream, whereas mm-hmm. digital camera. If you buy a digital camera for a grand or two grand, I don't want to be buying another one in a year. Right. I don't buying another one in four or five years. You know, like smartphones. Smartphones are an investment now. By the way, smartphones. I think we're going to be having this conversation on them in three years' time. But yeah, um, because just like digital cameras ten years ago, that was that that boom was created by more people being able to access it. Absolutely. So when that happens, everyone is making money because just loads of people are seeing DSLRs, putting it on their Christmas list, entering that category. Now the problem is, three years later, unless they are then upgrading or unless they are adding lenses, there is no new revenue coming from those people. And at some point, everyone who wants a DSLR has got one. So where do you go from there? And that's where I think MSA, Nikon ran out of innovation on the Body side. So they're not getting people to buy new Nikons. And they don't have the the breadth to be able to come up with really cool niche lenses or add ons or extras to drive revenue there. So where do you go? Well, you, you have to go down. And that's why I say, you know, mobile phones, we saw the same thing 15 years ago. You know, back Motorola used to be a big company and then it ended up as a side shoot to Google and then Google got rid of it. And, and we'll—I'm sure—we'll see the same thing if we're not already on smartphones, because again, upgrade yeah. cycles are extending. So right. this is a natural thing to happen with a capstone. Right. Have you just seen just just out of, out of
2: out of interest and really completely tangentially, I saw a video today of the new Motorola Razr, and just be still my beating heart. I mean, and this uh, thing looks Really? Fantastic. I haven't seen that. Yeah, yet. I mean, it's 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 kind of a, a wider Star um Kind of the, the old Star <laughs> phone, the Star Trek the yeah. Um, so it's got a screen; it's got the screen on the front. And When you flip it up, it's got a, a full, a full height uh, foldable screen in the middle.
3: Ooh, I mean, it's it's, have to check that it's out.
2: probably it's probably going to end up being that you can open and close it, um, you know, fifteen hundred times before it dies. So essentially, you know, or you
0: slam uh, it uh, shut after that angry phone call and you crack your screen. Oh,
2: <laughs> such a good feeling! I, I never had one, but my my. What a very old girlfriend of mine did. I went I went down the Nokia route. She bought the StarTac because we're both Star Trek nerds all the time.
1: <laughs> uh, well, I still am. Um, and, yeah, I was just insanely jealous. a that, an example, but isn't it, where Motorola, having tried to keep up with the iPhone, failed, then became bought by Google, had it, a lot of its patents stripped and involved in the Android stuff, then was sold on. Yeah, It went away. No one expected anything of it. It sat there. I don't know where it now sits and who owns it. But it could just—it's still
2: a Google. It's still a. I believe it's still technically a Google subsidy. I thought Um, that's or subsidiary, subsidiary. Maybe, maybe. I know a a good friend of mine swears by the Hasselblad module for for his uh, (laughs) whatever it's called. One of the Motorola things. It's slow. You know, it's not. It's not a camera, but the image quality is is all Accounts.
1: They were a smartphone. They were a massive mobile phone player. Didn't survive the innovation. Rush over the last ten years have gone away with no expectations and seem to have come up with something that's genuinely innovative and exciting. Is that the kind of yeah. thing you see Nikon then doing?
2: Well, I, I mean, <laughs> it's, it's, that's an interesting question. I think you know, we're, if, I think one of the biggest one of the biggest things that the uh, current uh, camera manufacturers have, have had to deal with is this disparity of format size. So. Format size was, was perfectly normal and understandable within film because you've got a master roll and you can, to all, you know, to all intents and purposes, decide how you cut it. Obviously, there are variations in substrate materials. And sure. Some are, so some materials were better for larger formats than smaller ones. But <clears throat> if you had a, a master roll and you said, well, I'm, I'm going to cut that as 110 and, and 8 mil and 35 mil today, that's fine. But with, with digital, we've had, um, micro four thirds, uh, we've had APS-C, we've had whatever the, the, what was it, that wasn't there something like APS-C plus or something like that? Then you've got full frame and then you've got all of these bullshit medium formats which are not medium formats they're just using the term because it, 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 it makes people who used to shoot film professionally kind of excited that they're able to go and shoot those larger formats again. Sure. Um, you've got confusion with, with DX and FX lenses, you've got Fuji saying, look, we're never going to release a full-frame, uh, a full-frame format uh, rangefinder. Um, consumers themselves, they, they, when it comes to interchangeable lens cameras, so SLRs, they're confused. They're confused when, when um, you know, they try to, let's say, someone tries to borrow a, a lens from his mate who happens to be using Nikon. One of them's on DX, one of them's on FX. And the FX guy is wondering, well, why am I getting vignetting on, on, <laughs> on my camera? Um, isn't, isn't this just supposed to be an if-? I, I, don't know. I think that there's, that the way that the state of the digital photography industry today still using terminology that directly relates to film is half of the problem. They need to make a break. They need to make a yeah. clean break from that technology. DSLRs were obviously the natural evolution from the pro SLRs of, of, the film cameras that we shoot. Um, however, I think we've gotten to the point where technology means it doesn't—you know—it doesn't really matter. Even as right. um, you know, if you're shooting stuff professionally, uh, and all—all all due respect to pixel peepers out there, but pixel peepers, you are probably the worst thing that has happened <laughs> to photography um, <laughs> since <laughs> since the since <laughs> the since In the, the people who. Well, I was going to say no. Since the people started uh, whining and moaning about where's my photochrome um it's, it's <laughs> pixel peepers and their obsession with full frame is probably the single most toxic thing in, in digital photography today and i think we've gotten to a point now where the technology is so good on mobile phone sensors and on APS-C sensors which again more terminology that's, that's stolen from, or used as mm-hmm. a throwback to film photography. Right. I think the technology there is, is so good that you could, you could, and you can, and people do produce, um, short films, segments from motion picture films and produce, mm-hmm. um, uh, photography that's published, um, in, in whatever print currently still exists. Um, on on smaller formats. Yeah, um, this, the people who are sh- sorry, the people who are shooting large for uh, the larger full frame format and obsessing at the fact that this is the only way to go, um, they are part of the problem.
1: This is this is. I think I, I don't want to sound like a broken record, but I think that's a brilliant point in it, and it does hark back to the the point I'm making about smartphone photography, because <clears> although yeah. it annoys me as somebody who obviously understands film photography a little, a little bit, you know uh iphones have never referenced iso because iso doesn't make sense necessarily in a world that doesn't have the same restrictions on it like having step up between 50 and a to 100 like a dslr five ten years ago why wouldn't you just have a 60 70 why why is that discrete steps mm. because there's no reason within digital to have that of course in film it makes sense iphones have never had that they've and they've Not for years have they marketed themselves on the megapixels. They've said, You pick up this machine, it's a phone, but let's call it a camera. You pick up this machine, you point it at your friend at nighttime. Oh my god, look at the photograph you create. Yeah. And even
2: down to even down to the new iPhone eleven, there's if you're looking for the twenty one millimeter lens option, you won't find it. You need to choose yeah, what is it? 0.5x. So just when you, when you fire open the camera, it's got 0.5x and then 1x and then 2x. Yep. That's yeah. And, so the and, only people who are obsessing about
1: fucking focal lengths are bloggers <laughs> and
2: websites. <laughs> yeah. who, but also you
1: who can, you can scroll between them, which again hmm. doesn't make any sense because at some point it will switch the lens. But the camera knows that, that most people don't care which lens they're using. They want to, the photo to look a certain amount of zoomed in, and, yes, and a certain amount of zoomed, zoomed out, out yeah. <laughs> you zoom in as much as you want that you zoom out, and at some point the camera will switch between the lenses to get the best photo, but it doesn't assume you care because you shouldn't if you want to care about the result, if you care about whether it 's a twenty one millimeter focal length and whether yeah whether diffraction will will blur your image before <laughs> vignetting before pixels, then fair enough but. Yeah. They, what they realize is exact and I didn't realise until you said it, they've thrown away all of the the baggage of the history of photography to focus back on image creation. And that I think is what, what makes it feel so very, very different because at the moment for me, and I have a digital camera, but I really struggle to use it, even though I I do love it. It's a few G X one hundred series. It's it's the favourite digital camera I've ever used, but I really struggle with it because it, it falls between a film camera mm. with everything that I know and love about photography there, the history of it, and my iPhone, which just creates an image without me having to think about anything. It's just in the middle. It has settings that I wish it didn't ask me about. Um, I
2: think, I think. I mean, um, I appreciate what you're saying about the iPhone, and I respect how Apple specifically with their consumer products have made made things more accessible i really appreciate that um because it's something that that you know for example my my uh, very good friend of mine his uh mother is going to be 81 next year um and she's been using an iphone uh pretty much pretty much from the um the 3s i think so the, mm-hmm. the, the, the second generation um and she loves it because it helps her to do stuff but th- there is a time and a place for using more technical terminology when you need to be very specific with what you're doing, and the things that the guys at Filmic, uh, Filmic Pro are doing, for example, with the with the iPhone 11, um, are, are are fantastic. So I think that there's always going to be the the kind of um, the, cons- the the how can I say this without sounding like a – there's going to be the what is essentially the dumbed down. Uh, this is what you get. You know, it, it's kind of zoomed out normal or zoomed in and then there, there there is going to be a requirement for needing to know focal lengths and apertures and, and all of that yeah. kind of stuff i think it's it's muddied a bit when you start talking about um when people start talking about focal lengths um in, in terms of 35 mil. So everything goes back to 35 mil equivalent. Even even the DX, even the mm. even the, the the iPhone and the Android cameras. You know why why is it 35 mil full frame? Mm. Well, that's because that was the most ubiquitous format. But yeah, I mean, it, it doesn't it doesn't make sense for me to say well, what is it? I mean, I've, I've spent time recently putting together um, equivalents for for for, <laughs> for 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 lenses, for example. So yeah. It, it doesn't. It doesn't really make sense to talk about, let's say, a 110 lens um, in uh, 110 lens format, in the same way that it doesn't make any sense to describe the Hubble telescope um, in relation <laughs> to in relation to uh, uh, 35 mil. Right. By the way, just just so that you know, um, the Hubble has a 35 mil equivalency of around about uh, 48 millimeters.
3: <laughs> wow okay um wow, it's,
2: it's, not, it's not, either it's either 48 or it's it's either 48 or it's it's uh 68 i've 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 got i've got all of the data somewhere i mean but in fact <laughs> ask me i you know, just just sorry that's quite a loud bite no um ask me an equivalence one format to another and I, I i will give you an answer
0: that's funny that's and funny, funny enough you say that and
1: immediately i'm sure me and bill can immediately picture the, the view range then of the Hubble telescope. <laughs>
2: yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah,
3: yeah, yeah.
2: Ah, but it's, it, it's, it's another example of, of how yeah. although you know we're because of the history of photography to where we are now or the, the more recent history let's say of the last hundred years or so um, everyone's every photographer let's say is used to talking about photography in uh, in terms of 35 millimeter field of view. Well I'd say every photographer most photographers there are there are many photographers who I know, they started on large format or ultra large format and they only exist on ultra large, large format. So if I'm talking to, um, a friend of mine, Shane, for example, and I, you know, say to him, Oh, what's the, uh, the equivalence of your 300 mil lens, um, on 35 mil? Yeah. It's just, you know, he just gets like question marks above his head. You can actually see them like some kind of uh, augmented reality. Um, <laughs> he, he has no idea. Yeah. Um, but back to back back to what we're talking about here. I mean, I think Olympus Olympus shutting down their camera manufacturer um, manufacturing or their consumer camera camera manufacturing it's not really a bad thing. Um, you know, Ricoh Pentax or let's say Ricoh because they don't really like releasing Pentax cameras. <laughs> um, you know, Ricoh really served that market of uh, people having an argument downstairs. Um, You got, you know, Ricoh are out there doing some amazing street photography cameras, uh, GR series, as are Fuji XT. Olympus, I think they've been lost for many years now anyway. Um, the, the OMD series, um, I, it doesn't really float anyone's boat, to be honest. It's, it's one of those products. It's one of those brands that it, it's almost an off brand, if you know what I mean. Yeah, um,
0: a generic brand.
3: Almost,
2: yeah, yeah. I mean, if you want a gaming laptop, you've got Alienware, you've got uh, ASUS with their Rock series, and then you've got a whole bunch of other uh, laptops which are kind of afterthoughts. And why why do people buy those products? Well, because those are the products which are going to be heavily discounted. They're going to have big, big right. cashback incentives on them. Um, the people who are buying those products are not buying them because they want to get into a system. They're buying them because, quite frankly, they either don't have the awareness of, or they cannot afford the more expensive brands. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, that's not you know that, that's not me making a you know casting aspersions on other people's financial buying power. That that's just where they sit in the market. Sure. Um, and you can say the same thing with with any number of of uh, micro four thirds manufacturers. People like Panasonic with the Lumix. Oh well, wow, they designed digital lenses for Leica. Who gives a f? No one gives a f. <laughs>
3: No, yeah, that, and, and, yeah. and
2: and to be honest, if Leica was such a big mark, if they were if they were such a big brand, why the fuck are they working with uh, with uh, Huawei, right? Why the fuck are they working with a company that is ostensibly, allegedly, um, embedding uh, hardware and software in their networking devices that's that's involved in state-sponsored uh, espionage? Oh, I know, <laughs> because you've got this huge. F- huge market in China that the Leica guys want to tap because guess what? They can't make M cameras anymore. <laughs>
3: right?
2: And why can't, why can't Leica make an M camera anymore? Well, why can't Leica make an M, an M film camera anymore? Because they just like every single other legacy camera manufacturer um, have gutted their infrastructure in the name of cost. Sure. So when when it comes down to digital cameras, really, there's only going to be three companies um, out there uh, leading the pack. Yeah. And that's going to be Canon because of legacy and because they, they diversify themselves within imaging and they, they, they make their own sensor products. You've got Fuji because, I mean, I, I'm telling you right now, if Fuji entered the market for fridge freezers, they, they'd corner it. <laughs> they are so ridiculously <laughs> diversified, you know. I could, I could potentially, I could go into um, a main shopping district anywhere in the Far East today. I can buy cosmetic products. Um, I can buy medicines. Um, I could buy office printers and stuff from Fuji, and that's without getting into the the, the industrial side. So, that, so that's the second one. And the third one, surprise, surprise, is Sony. Surprise, surprise, is the company that's making the sensors for every other bugger that's out
0: there. Yeah. And, and that's a very valid point. Am I and being I,
2: too negative? No, Sorry. no. I, I, <laughs> Am, I mean, it's,
0: too much? <laughs> no, it's it, it's a very valid point. And I mean, I've had conversations about what's happening over at Fuji, and 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 they're not um, invulnerable to to what's happening in the economy. It's a, pretty much an industry wide shift that uh, they're experiencing. Based on my conversations, um, y- yes, it is de- uh, uh, cell phones with these, you know. N- incredible capabilities now and um and so from what i'm hearing as well is that fujifilm is also kind of tightening up the belt um as far as their camera division you know now i would say that they're very much well, well well diversified but you know they're showing those those exact same uh symptoms as everybody else some of them are just you know more cancerous than than the others you know so well,
1: Should we talk about Kodak then? Yes
0: the contract? I, I was literally just about to say But I want to ask The million dollar question out of this conversation Why the hell Is film on such an uptick And digital is so down Like what is it that Like um, We are seeing more and more people Reentering the film photography market and and we are now seeing uh, companies that are being a little bit more bullish, right? I mean, you know, originally the, you, you had Kodak where they did make this announcement about Ektachrome and it took them, you know, uh, nearly two years to, to execute on it. Um, what is it that is now happening where we are now seeing, and I, I threw out a tweet because i was kind of laughing at the timing with everything is like what the heck happened when we saw kodak that is working on ektachrome and p3200 and 120 we saw that uh acros 100 uh mark 2 um is getting ready to hit shelves lamography metropolis uh no, no worries. metropolis um uh, by lamography and then now we have film Farania, which uh is you know getting ready to finally release their P thirties, um, so uh, I'm looking at this and going, the timing of it is so strange, and and I'm trying to figure out why is everybody doing so well in film now.
1: Well, I think um, from my point of view, I think it's, uh, it's a funny coincidence that it's the uh, the same couple of weeks, but it's not strange because this is something that's been happening for. A couple of years. I mean, I I go back to the point on, and again, I'm I'm sorry if it's really basic, but the business basics of this and where you have the digital cameras coming from an artificial boom, where they had, as I say, a lot of entry in the market, but then buying expensive products that were hard to get them to keep buying year on year. You've made that money kind of thing. You compare that with film and all these companies They went through that terrible period and to use a really horrible corporate phrase, they've right sized Mm. now for the industry that they're in. So, Ilford are owned by Harman Tech, um, who have a tight, lean organization with brilliant people who they kept, you know, going back to to M's point, they kept the people, the machines, the infrastructure from film. They just said we don't need the, you know, the massive sales force. They, They cut where it made sense and they kept the things that are important. Mm-hmm. Kodak got mm-hmm. very complicated. We've got the Eastern Alaris um split. We've got Alaris doing blocking shit. But
2: fundamentally I, that, I think you're covering your mic.
0: Yeah, last year.
1: Oh okay. Uh, I haven't there, touched anything. Is that better? Uh, yeah. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Cool. And um, yeah, Kodak, which obviously has the complication of Eastman Alaris, but but fundamentally is um again, an organization that is uh, that is that is the right size for the business that it's running. And then you go back and say, well, when you're in that situation, what do you do? Well, you, you improve the products that you have that are really good, that will keep people coming back, and you bring new products that are interesting, that will either encourage people who shoot film to maybe try developing printing, or you encourage people to come into film for the first time. That is the basics of growing a business. And And I look at the innovation that's coming, and it has been in the pipeline for a long time. Ilford upgraded their number one selling paper. By the way, they mentioned, I think it was on the Sunny 16 episode, it sells more globally than HP5. Wow. And they upgraded that. So no company touches their number one selling product unless they're pretty damn confident it's going to get better. They spent seven years on it, I think they said. They made Mm. their number one product better. The so more people will use it, more people might try printing, and the people who are printing might print more. Brilliant. That's going to be increased revenue. They brought a new film, Ortho. They never said this is going to be our new number one selling film. They said this is a niche product. People who care, people love it in large format. We wanted to make it accessible. Sure. So people have added it to their camera bag. Some people will come back, some people won't, but it's news. I mean, Lomography, you mentioned Metropolis, but also they had, Purple twenty nineteen come through. They had yep. a in Berlin yep. uh, in, in two formats. Um they're in discussions about other films as well, they've brought cameras out, they've mm. just gone back to the innovation, trying things. Not everything will stick, and that's okay. Um, but they're they're going back to the basics of saying we, we we want to encourage people and it's and it's focusing in on those things that are either exciting and new for people or will help new people come into it. So I think the drawing a direct comparison is unfair because film is so much smaller than digital. But I think it's important to say film companies now feel like they've got their house in order. Yeah. They, the, as I look at the organizations I deal with directly, which is now most of them, almost all of them have increased hiring in the sales and customer facing roles. Mm -hmm. So. And that's from a very lean organization to still a lean organization, all of them. But they are increasing investment in innovation. They're increasing investment in things that will help get their products to the right people and explain in the right way. And you go, that that's just feels like a healthy industry now. So it's great. It's growing. 20% is a, is a big number in anyone's book. Sure. I, I don't feel will sustain at that level forever. But it's just a business and an industry and companies that have got their shit together. In a way that as we've picked apart we do not feel that the digital guys not all of them do i mean that's my point of view i don't know whether you guys have seen it yeah
0: i think i think um there there's some validity uh, certainly with what you're saying and i think that um we've we've hit that correction right so you we want to talk about scales of economy right so um we we have seen where uh, companies had um unfortunately massive layoffs and everything to to really shrink down and you know I think uh Kodak certainly still has a lot of um shrinking to do because when I look at it you know being on in their um campus, they still have a lot of facilities, and uh you know it's just like man, we drove through it, and you know we drove a couple miles to get to you know a a building that uh building 38 um where they they finish and you know have the master rolls kept at and everything so we saw that and it's still a massive facility it's just kind of um uh surprising i think that they're still in a sense you know with as large as they are that they are showing growth but i mean it's certainly has some uh improving to to do but um yeah i i kind of go back and i'm I'm seeing popping up in the comments now um saying well this is really interesting digital is down but film is up right you know and and then you look over to the right of the suggested articles and you see kodak reporting 21 percent increase in film and i'm kind of cracking up because it's like uh you, you would I don't think anybody really would have expected to see that headline come along lines with digital. I I, I think but this I is think, certainly I an think interesting the, time. We
1: can't do we can't make the mistake of conflating the two and saying this yeah. is people switching from digital to film. No, not at it, all. Yeah. That is that is that is too simplistic, I think, in the situation. I, I yeah. look at it as saying these are two uh almost M's point, let's separate them, let's treat them as as individual because they are yeah. they are not interacting tightly because there is no reason what it's not film or digital. I think we all got yeah. over that discussion a few years ago, at least most of us did. Um <laughs> that's not a discussion. We all shoot both. Let's not be kidding ourselves. The vast majority of the community shoots film and then puts on Instagram. So let's just leave that to one side. Yeah. The it's not a case of switching from one. It's it's in on the one hand, you have uh, an industry that is that is not set up for sustaining the number of businesses and models and products that it that it is trying to sell today um which is digital on the other hand you have a set of companies who are really who have been forced to really reflect on who they are what they can do and make the cuts and they've made all those cuts and they are now in that position where they are really really clear on what they are trying to do mm-hmm. and then they can grow from that point um on a much smaller scale than ever before, but that they can grow. You know, 20% up on on film is nowhere near as much money as 40% down on DSLRs in two years' time. Like, oh, for sure. sure. Photography. That, that's, that, that's
2: the point I was going to make as well, that it's all well and good just seeing those numbers on the page, but
1: 20% up in one does not mean 20% down in the other. Right. So photography is in decline because smartphone sales growth are not offsetting to the same extent that they were two or three years ago. And as I say, I think smartphones will have a, a similar correction in a couple of years' time. I agree. Um, but but the, the, that's because the reason money spent on photography is going down year on year is because most of us have already made that big purchase, whether it's a DSLR, whether it's a mirrorless, whether it's a, 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 new, a new smartphone, or whether it's just loads and loads of large format cameras. We, more people have got that setup done now and you can sell as many memory cards and camera bags as you like. That's not going to offset, you know, how many do you have to sell to offset one fewer person spending a grand and a half on, on, on a new body? Yeah. So photography sales as a, as a total dollar amount globally, I'm sure will be down and that doesn't surprise me at all. Yeah. But within, that, as I say, the, the, the great thing about film is, is it just, and I've worked in, healthy categories, unhealthy categories, ones transitioning between the two. This this just feels like a, a healthy category that has been a couple of years now a bit more stable. And we're now seeing the fruits of that because you can only really innovate. You can only invest. You can only decide to replace your number one selling product with a better selling product if you're pretty confident about the next couple of years. And if you've had a couple of years of stability without any shocks. Yeah. So I think seeing the benefit of the last, two, three, four years of stability coming to fruition. And as long as that continues, I don't see why that would run out. Um, we've had huge, huge product supply issues over the last year. They're still not cleared because film demand has gone up right. and people weren't ready. I can bet a lot of money now, All I know investments are happening now, significant investments that get the business and the industry ready for the next stage of growth. So that should get easier, and it should get ourselves ready. And again, people wouldn't be making those decisions if they thought this was a trend-driven growth, or it's because because Liam Hemsworth keeps posting photos (laughs) with a. They are superficial and they're exciting and they're funny, and I love commenting on them. And and every time I see them, don't get me wrong, but that Mm. we can't be distracted by those parts. This is a healthy business because the companies making film have got their together and they know who they are. That's that's what I'd say. And I think that's what I'm from. M, who knows a lot more about the digital side? It doesn't sound like you could say that sentence about many of the guys there.
2: Yeah. No, and I, I think just to just to talk more on your point there, Paul, about um, you've got organizations and let, let's pick on Ilford because they're the guys who've had the, the, the most recent widest announcement. True. Um They've decided to invest in a product in a 25 year old product. Oh, Sorry in a product that has that has seen 25 years since its last innovation and they've invested in that to bring a new version of that product to market, absolutely, Paul, they would not do that if they were knee-jerking to um, to a, a, a new market condition. There's been um, lots and lots of thoughts and, and, and lots of effort that's gone into bringing this product out and the time is right to do that because we are, Thankfully, living in a slightly, as much as it may be, growing market, um, it makes it makes comments like, "Well, I'm not buying X film unless it's available in this format," or right. "I don't care," you know, with with across, for example. Well, oh, that, that's that's all well and good, but um, I'm not going to be buying any more Fuji products until I see you know Pan Four Hundred or Sixteen Hundred come out. It's like, look, I understand the sentiment, I understand why you're saying stuff like that, but. Comments like that on social media specifically to me, they just they just smack of ignorance, actually, they mm-hmm. smack of selfish, entitled ignorance true. Um, you know, what about me? What about my needs? Well, actually, the company does not give a fuck about you and your needs, and I, I'm going to go ahead and just say that <laughs> Ilford do not give a fuck about you, mr. Mr. Joe Rollay. Um Kodak, don't give a fuck about you, Mr. Joe Roley. Uh, Ferrania, no one else gives a fuck. None of these companies give a fuck about, about one individual customer. The reason why they don't give a fuck about one individual customer is because if they did, they would still be a mom-and-pop operation.
3: Mm.
2: What they are trying to do is offer a product with wide appeal, um, get a footprint in the market, build a, a, a sustainable um, operation, get some cash in the bank, and then start diversifying. And if you want to look at diversification to the extreme, where it harmed the market, actually that was Kodak in the seventies, eighties, and nineties, where I think at one point they had um, nine different versions of Pro ectochrome available, and yeah. variations between these these versions, and across multiple markets. Like there was a, mm. I've got Kodachrome, I think it's a, a SW, I think it's called. Um, which is like super white. Mm -hmm. Uh, Sorry, exochrome, not good. It's super white, and it's just made for the Japanese market, um, which was different to uh, E100S or G or whatever the hell it was. I I don't know. Mm -hmm. Um, So I I think where, where we are right now is a pretty healthy place because people are coming back to film to answer your original question. Built, um, because it's something different to digital, both in the output and in the process. Yeah. Um, I think there's a desire to have a, a more methodical approach, um, I think, purely from a commercial basis, purely from the uh, perspective of people who are shooting film in quantities that make people like Kodak and Fuji listen. Mm. Um, these are the wedding photographers, these are the pro photographers, they're out there and they're saying to their clients, Oh well i'm shooting film because of this that and the other so in some way yeah the growth of film is because it's cool to shoot it professionally because it's a differentiating factor that 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 is that that's really what it boils down to right i know that in my film you know i i shoot um 300 to maybe 400 rolls of film per year plus sheets okay um i shoot for myself i don't shoot for anyone else
3: Mm -hmm. um
2: Even what I'm buying every year, that is not enough. Maybe that's enough to shift the needle for my dealer um, from the shops that that I buy it from. But in terms of the the um, the manufacturers, in terms of um, what's meaningful and important to them, it's I I would need to be shooting uh, probably three to four times that amount to be considered a valuable customer that is worth listening to. And that's just Purely said from the point of view of a cold, dispassionate business mm-hmm. needing to make decisions based on stable and and, and understandable and um, uh, what's the other word uh, kind of repeatable requests from customers. Right. If a customer comes back, you know, if if if, if some if some if some dude on the internet is screaming about about Kodachrome. Um, but then some other dude is, is on the internet screaming about medium format P3200. Well, if dude number one is out there shooting cemeteries on, on, on aged Role film and dude number two happens to be a fashion photographer, who am I going to listen to as right. a business in order to help direct um, the future of my not insignificant multi-million dollar investment? Am I going to listen to Joe Role? Um, or Rolly Joe, uh, Rolly Joe, and 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 listen to listen to this guy, and listen to yeah. yeah so I need to bring Kodachrome back so that this guy can shoot <laughs> shoot cemeteries.
0: So we can satisfy Rolly Joe,
2: <laughs> right? Yeah. Or 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 am I going to listen to the guy who who I know represents a substantial number of, or whose voice represents the thinking of a substantial number of high value customers who collectively, I know just this one small group here is probably going to be able to uh support the sales of a hundred thousand uh, a hundred thousand uh, rolls a quarter a hundred
1: thousand rolls a month yeah but it's also um it's also i i it's a luxury right it's a luxury Ilford yeah. go out with an announcement. And you can always see them putting on their, their helmets and their uh, chest armor they've, <laughs> yeah, they've got the, they've got the riot, gear, <laughs> riot gear going on. They've got the watercars like and the gates of
2: Mobiley and
3: Exactly.
2: You know, like Michelle, Michelle's again. out there wearing her, wearing,
1: wearing her hard hat and has got a pair of dark glasses on. Exactly. <laughs> oh, you can see the bullets fly. But the, it, it's a luxury. Because, because, and what I loved about, yes, the did it really well, the we did it really well, and Kodak as well, they, when they bring these products, they're really clear that it's not for everyone, and I love that they're saying that because it's, yeah. again, it's a sign of a healthy category because we're not—they're not so desperate. They're trying to say this film will fit everyone to so crack on. You know, it's the classic apprentice uh, mistake you're trying to market something for everyone. They're saying no, no, no. Ortho will work under these situations. Do not try and take it into a nightclub because it's speed 80. <laughs> like, <laughs> this is not. For everyone. Is well, it's it'll never work um you know the harman camera they said it's reloadable it comes with two Ketmir, it's a new camera but it's not uh it's not going to be as good as you know the om1 when it was first produced <laughs> yeah, it's, not, it's, it's, it's it. not quite the Hasselblad. <laughs> just yet <laughs> but it's not right. meant to be meant to be this and then you have people saying but i wouldn't ne- that's a plastic camera what are you doing bloody bloody i've got my Hasselblad. why would i do that and you go you're missing the point because it is deliberately not you, but we should be pleased about that. Yeah. Because by the way, a well, really, it might bring up something for you because they can now afford to do that. So just chill. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But
2: you, you need to, you need to test the market. You need to test the market. Absolutely. And, um, you know, I've, I've gone on about, about the state of the film camera hardware industry, uh, too many times for me to do it again here now. But, um, so uh, Iceland, Icelyn she runs Film Folk over in the Philippines. That's Ice Baby A I S B A B Y on yep. uh, on Twitter. Um, she so we're, we're, we've got a, a really small um, kind of photo story, if you will, about the the Harman camera coming out uh, on Saturday. Um, and for her, this is this is like the perfect camera because her customers in the Philippines, and it's a growing. It's very very useful market. Um, so her customers over there, they're, the biggest question that they have is, how can I you know, what film camera should I buy? And, and how can I buy it without having import duties or dealing with, mm-hmm. with postal issues, or mm-hmm. dealing with breakages? You know, what what's the best thing for me to do? Now they've got this $30 camera where it's like, there you go, just use that and reload it.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: And, and they're like, Well, hang on a second, but it, it but this is a disposable camera. Well, no, it's not. We've just lost the terminology for plastic yeah. fantastics.
3: Yeah, it was
1: um, funny, actually when when they announced it, and I was going to them. I was so in the mindset of we're so used to things that are um, uh, that are secondhand that I asked. <laughs> I asked the guys like, "All right, so and how do we deal with the warranty? You know, if things don't work or you know it doesn't quite come through, <laughs> <laughs> we cover it." because it's a new product, then if it's broken, we it, that's a tragedy and we'll get a new one. And I was like, oh yeah, of course. It's a new camera. And of course, that's, that's, that's what you're saying. You're like, this isn't, this isn't a half of that. but also it's pretty new. And if it breaks, it'll be fixed. So yeah. immediately the number of concern exactly. about the new day it's is gone.
3: Yeah,
2: no, it, I, exactly. And I think that the people who are complaining about, or who are complaining and will complain about the, the new Harman camera, uh, again, and there seems to be a slight trend in this direction. The people who are complaining are the ones who are, uh, in in no way, shape, or form, able to shift the needle. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, it, it's very, very easy to to try to clap back against people who are quite frankly being told on the internet. Um, I think that the best thing we can do with with the, the, these these pedants, these plebs, um, is is to ignore them because. I'm sorry Joe but no one gives a fuck if you're not going to buy this film if it's not available <laughs> um if it's not available in 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 120 and it's not in fact called Kodachrome 25 it's like you know just, yeah. just oh, anyway th- these people more or less will not be a problem over the next 10 to, 10, to, 10, to, 10 to 30 years anyway for uh biological reasons but let's not go into that um <laughs> what 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 um one thing that I did want to say uh, was incredibly insightful and important, and I completely forgot it. Uh, <laughs> well, while you <laughs> think about while you think
0: about that, I will take that opportunity to jump in. Um, so, one of the things really, that you, really absolutely your
2: own podcast you're going to interrupt us on your own podcast. Of course,
3: you know, and I didn't realize there was something. Oh. Up in-
2: cool (laughs) yeah no no no. it 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 happens right i've I've remembered can i interrupt your interruption of me interrupting paul bill absolutely right (laughs) we are only today so it is friday the 15th of november there are still at least four five meaningful weeks before christmas starts encroaching uh, on the western world (laughs) um there is still news to be had in 2020
3: Oh, for sure.
2: And the, the there are a, a number of emissions. Um, I think Paul in 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 some of the companies that you mentioned, and especially the um, essentially uh, like uh, you mentioned Kodak right-sizing, Ilford right-sizing to meet the conditions of the market at hand. There's been a very very high-profile example of an organization um, essentially having the first nail put in the coffin. Who have right size this year and those are tetanol and we can't mm. we can't forget about tetanol and oh my gosh yeah. you know, they, they, they came out with the, the the moniker new tetanol so they're now yeah. called uh, tetanol 1847 mm. so it is a new company it's very similar to harman um, in the sense that it's a management buyout those guys have gone from 200 ish to about 40 ish employees um there are wow. guys in this business who are who are doing 3, 4, 10 jobs. Um, they got rid of a lot of the sales and marketing infrastructure. They got a, a rid of a lot of engineers. They've, they've retained a, a decent number of chemical engineers, people who have um, very long histories within the company. They've been focused on delivering back orders. They've been focused on looking at old product. They've been focused on innovation. They've been focused on sales. Um, and I think that there's, I think at the very least, we need to look at these guys as maybe not a, a purely consumer facing past part of the, the film photography industry. But we need to look at these guys as having succeeded in the MBO um, as being another indication of how the, the wider, the kind of the back end infrastructure. So the products that they, they supply for other companies, the chemistry they supply for other companies, the chemistry they supply under their own name for labs. The fact that these guys are still here, a is number one, is very important. Um, B, it's 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 fantastic that they not not only faced essentially closure, um, but they've come out the other end, leaner, and actually producing more more product than they were before. I think it's fantastic.
1: No, and the other that stuck that stuck with me from that whole period was seeing the movements around it, where companies Mm -hmm. were. Um, leaning in to say, let me extend credit or let me pre-buy two months of stock. I mean, 10 years ago, everyone was so busy watching their own balance sheet. There's no no way people could have done that. But it got to a healthy point where – oh, sorry, I'm at the door. One second. <laughs>
2: I, I thought that was going to be it. They've got to a healthy point and then, yeah. Oh, there's someone at the door. We're going to do that instead. <laughs> that, 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 that's really what I thought he was going to so say. Oh, there's someone at the door. Oh, They've got an order for, for more products and so we're not going to do that. But no, there, there really funny. is someone at his door. Right?
0: Yeah, literally. Well, well he is gone. Then I will take this opportunity now to, to, to jump in. So, um, I, but here's the very, very interesting thing. Um, I think a lot of this has to do with the experience, right? So the the experience with digital when it first came out was oh my gosh, I can see the image instantly, right? The the experience of taking a photograph fundamentally changed at that point. And we now have yeah, a that's new absolutely
2: amazing. I mean, that, yeah. that was
0: magic. Yeah, absolutely. Well, it really was magic. It was and we're and I'm not going to deny the fact that that was an amazing thing, and especially I think now you have a generation of photographers that grew up with digital right and and they know that that has always been there for them right, and then the idea that they can take a picture of something and not be able to see it but now develop it and then they have to wait for it is a totally new experience for them and it is something that they enjoy and and, and it's so funny too at the same time because you know I take my camera with me to work and um, I had it out on the desk and somebody said oh my gosh is that a film camera I said well yes it is and so they said oh is there a film I said yeah you can take a shot if you want and so you know they took the shot and then they cranked the next frame they're like oh Oh wow. You know like that right there alone just that hand crank was enough to get that person to go this experience is amazing, right? And and I think that is why I personally think that um uh film photography has become so uh um or or the interest in it is so infectious right now because the experience I, is I different for a lot of people. It is,
2: is really the right word to it describe is.
0: it. It really is. Yeah um and
2: it's you know yeah. for every for every 10 people who you you introduce um film photography to maybe maybe two people would have the interest to do something with it and maybe one of those two would, would kind of stick at it but i think mm-hmm. the that once i think the alluring factor certainly in a digital world is the um the tactile nature of it and it's the it's the allure of something different um the results work for some people they they provide an aesthetic that that kind of meets their whatever their needs happen to be at that time um, and they don 't for other people um, Some people just want that ultimate sharpness right yeah uh, and some people are happy with with the lomo aesthetic and again i 'm using that as the verb and not as the um, so I'm using that as the the adjective, I guess, and yeah. not as a as a derisory term because it, it really is an aesthetic. And, Absolutely. Um you know, I I I process I mentally process probably um ten to fifteen five frames with um submissions every week and just looking at the variation of of um imagery that comes through is is mind-blowing because you've got mm-hmm. folks shooting there's one guy he posted a he posted a um a bunch of frames with a mamiya seven uh last last week and if he had not told me the camera that he'd shot this on, i would have just said it's a holger or a diana um, <laughs> but, but, <laughs> but, but but and that, again i'm not not casting aspersions because his concept his idea was to um, generate different looks in camera sure. um, than than what was potentially the accepted norm for that camera, and I mm-hmm. love that you yeah. can't really you can't really do that on digital. If you want anything less than the clinical feel, then you need to put a plastic lens on there, or you need to make your own meniscus, or just you know, slap a, mm-hmm. a third party holder lens on the front of your Canon Nikon DSLR. Yeah, um, yeah, I think that there's a lot of stuff uh, that film photography has going for it i think the biggest draw for for new people so again to try and answer your question from about an hour ago um what why you know why are people coming to film why are people shooting film i think just it's just because well it's because it is different number one it's because and that's for people who are digital native photographers for for um lapsed film shooters maybe we can call them prolapsed film shooters that they're coming back in and reliving Mm -hmm. their their love um and for people who are completely new to photography in every way shape or form it's it is because they are seeing uh kendall jenner and they're seeing kim kardashian Mm -hmm. or whatever kardashian took a photo of some bloke in a kitchen um and because they are seeing chris chris hemsworth with his his uh g2 or his g1 or whatever he's got right um you know and and that we shouldn't. We shouldn't belittle stuff like that. I mean, for the love of all that is sacred, do not fucking gatekeep this community. And any gatekeeper that I find, I will shoot down. Yeah. Um, because it, it, anyone who's out there just saying no, you can't, you can't shoot film because of X, Y, Z, you know, A, B, C. Right. I mean, these people deserve to be just. Gagged up and just thrown into a dark corner because it's people like that. Mm-hmm. It's that kind of mentality that, that spread through forums that stopped people from wanting to ask about film back in the early 2000s. And it's attitudes like that that are stopping people from taking this amazingly creative um, uh, technology uh, and applying it to their own vision. So any, mm-hmm. geek, any gatekeepers can get themselves as far as I'm concerned.
0: Yeah, or, or they're going to get a Rolly Joe uh, meme sticker slapped right under their comment.
2: It, exactly. Hashtag, no, don't, be really. Hashtag <laughs> don't be Rolly Joe. Hashtag don't be Rolly Joe. So, Paul, there, there really was someone at your door. Was it the milkman?
1: Was he expecting wife? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> yeah. It got a bit awkward, but apart from that. <laughs> yeah. The joy of recording uh, on a Friday when the team's a bit light. No, no, it was, it was a parcel. It's actually a parcel I'm quite excited about. But, um... That's
0: for another day.
1: That's for another day. No, no,
0: you can, you can so what film is it?
1: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it at, it was a Kodak delivery, but not Kodak Alara. Hmm. Oh. Uh, exactly. So we I'm playing with a couple of things. I blame Mike Rasso entirely for this next adventure.
0: Um, um, so you're, just
1: into, you're just getting into 8 mil and sixteen
0: mil. Double 8
1: maybe well it's it's well timed to so basically um, mike russ has been bending my ear about the job well, i'm digressing entirely by the way sorry uh, you know, when you say well
2: timed do you mean it's timed at 24 frames a second
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. oh boy peanuts uh, right. joke which i'm surprised no one else left that the um <laughs> Yeah, Mike Rath has been bending my ear about getting into movie film, which, by the way, does link nicely back to the conversation because part of Kodak film growth is uh, from the movie side. Yes. Um, And we can thank some very passionate, high-profile directors for making sure that that business will never go down quietly. But, um, yeah, he's been bending my ear for a while about the fun of it. And then I happened to find a wonderful Super 8 camera in a charity shop two weeks ago for 20 quid. And then it's well-timed because it's my uh, daughter's first birthday this weekend. Ah, uh, fantastic. So there'll be lots of family parties, crucially in the daytime, <laughs>
3: <laughs>
1: <Light>. <laughs> which is going to be a very necessary part of this experiment. Uh, and if all goes well, then I think we'll have, a, have some new products in the next um, few weeks.
0: But anyway. Ooh. Okay. We'll all right. Well, um... We're we're getting we're certainly over the one hour photo uh time limit, but um that is okay because I think we had a really fantastic conversation. Um I want to go ahead and give everybody a final thought. Um so uh I will uh since M you kicked it off, I will let ha- uh Paul have the closing. So uh M, why don't you give me your final thought?
2: Um kind of putting me on the spot here bill i'm not I'm, I'm not i'm not really used to doing podcasts that are kind of sub two hours i haven't i haven't gotten into the, the flow of things <laughs> You're still just warming yet. Up. Well, <laughs> according yeah, according, no, according
0: to my my timer it says uh, we just passed one hour in 20 minutes so
2: yeah but you guys you guys use fahrenheit right so that's like in celsius that's like five. So. so um, uh, right. So, final thoughts. Um, the destruction or the, the razzing, the decimation of the digital photography landscape is not a bad thing. Um, it's, it's there to serve one purpose and one purpose only. It's to serve the consumer. Um, is to remove unnecessary diversification. Diversification just for the sake of it, because as the digital photography market grows, consumers become more aware of what they need. At the moment, for um eighty percent of most consumers, then that's just a number I plucked out of thin air. Eighty percent of their photography, they don't need a dedicated camera. They will just shoot with their iPhones and their Pixels and their Samsung Galaxies, as long as the Galaxies aren't exploding. Um, and um, yeah, I think I think we'll we'll find it a few years of um, kind of unevenness uh, as far as uh, revenue reports and annual uh, reports are concerned, and probably within within that time frame we'll see a couple of larger legacy companies can go completely by the wayside.
3: Mm. Not a bad
2: thing. Um, when we come out of it on the other end, I I believe that we'll have companies that produce products that are that are truly deserved of uh, of consumer and professional uh, accolade desire i think that film photography will be a part of that and i'll be very very surprised if we don't have a complex film camera um brand new on the market within the next five years that's my gut feeling
0: fantastic and uh paul i'll let you have your closing thoughts
1: i think for me, I think this is the moment where we officially retire the hashtag "film is not dead" because <laughs> it is so self-evident. Can we also retire 120 <laughs>
0: Separate,
2: separate rant. Um, <laughs> is that okay? Is
1: that uh, okay? microphone. <laughs> yeah,
0: your thoughts <laughs> done, Em. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but um, <laughs> yeah, I think this is the moment we can officially retire that. Cause it's felt a bit awkward for a couple of years, and mm. now this just. the the final straw film is very obviously not dead um we can maybe lend it to to nikon (laughs) they can start start hashtag dslr is not dead (laughs) Uh,
2: so are we are we transitioning to to hashtag film is kind of alive
1: (laughs) i think film is alive for sure i like that a lot (laughs) i think i think we keep film is not uh, film is alive especially just for um Mike Padder was amazing glow-in-the-dark what is it skeleton and zombie uh, merch but no film is definitely alive but we can stop using film is not dead we can donate it over to Nikon and start using Nikon is not dead <laughs> <laughs> if we wish but I think for me the thought is having having been in this industry and, and now as a day job I'm I'm immersed in it 100% which is just personally the most fun I could ever have but um, it's not a surprise to me to see this I think this is for me, it's it's interesting. It's strangely timed, and that it's all come out at the same point. But it really isn't surprising. Mm-hmm. And I think as a passionate film photographer in personal life, and and now reliant upon it in, in to pay the bills as well, um, that's obviously good news. Um, but also, just like M was saying, this this for me, this is not a flash in the pan. This is not a lucky result. This is based yeah. on the hard work of a really well integrated community a community that really genuinely is thinking through what is useful for its users ignoring a lot of the noise ignoring a lot of the the trolls mm. focusing on the real core inviting people in and as long as that continues then i i really pray and hope and, and expect to see 20 30% growth over the next years and as em says the one thing the one thing we need is a high spec film camera newly produced um so whoever can do that please 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 do that that is literally the one thing that would if i fast forward 10 years the one thing that would stop us in our tracks as a community as an industry would be that that miss i think um
2: i really want to say a name right now i
1: can't sure. think what that could be
3: <laughs> uh, any, uh, name? any name any what's
0: name? that name what's that name
3: maybe well maybe you never know maybe
2: nikon will Pivot.
0: That the uh, one could hope. One could
2: it's I just want to make it clear. I don't think it's gonna
1: happen. No. Um they
2: I, I think too Lost
1: too much.
0: Yeah. 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 All right, guys. Well, um my thought on this is um I think that we are currently right now, I think, and you coined it on the Grainy Days podcast, that we are at the horse and buggy. This is our first iteration of kind of reinventing, uh, you know, uh, uh reusable plastic cameras uh is certainly our first iteration in that we uh now look at evolving to the second iteration. Um and and that I think is also happening with uh with reintroducing film uh to the markets where we are starting with first iterations and it is only a starting point. And I think um the the hints that I get from uh the the, the cat and mouse games that I have with uh, the folks over at Kodak, that there is certainly a lot of innovation that is happening that uh, we are just not being told about yet. So, yeah. so I think um, with those closing thoughts, I think that uh, coming up, looking at uh, a new decade ahead of us... Um, I think that there's going to be a uh, very exciting years ahead of us. And um, as far as film photography, it will be very interesting to see what happens to the digital market. Um, but uh, we are just all spectators in this game called life. <laughs> all right, guys. Well, uh, that wraps it up uh, for this episode. Uh, M. M. Paul, thank you so much for joining on uh, this call. I very much enjoyed uh, doing this roundtable. Thank you, Mike Gutterman, for allowing me to uh, take on this format the for this episode. The Gutterman. Sepa- Gutterman. So, gutter all right, guys. M, where can we find you?
2: Uh, you can find me everywhere as Emulsive Film, uh, Twitter, Reddit, Facebook. Um, according to some people you can also find me as 35mmc.com but we're not sure whether that's bad projects or whether that's age
0: <laughs> and we'll leave it with that mystery paul mckay where can we find your stuff
1: analogwonderland.co.uk is the website all the social media handles are, are similar and that's probably the best and easiest way
0: all right fantastic all right guys well that wraps it up for this episode so until the next one shoot some film Dang it.
2: Four oh, film photos, yeah.
0: <laughs> you
2: jerk. Did I I copped it up again no, sorry.